Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey everyone, my name is Laura Adams and I really appreciate you joining me for this week's episode. If you're new here, I'm an award-winning personal finance author who's been hosting Money Girl since 2008. I also work with select brands as an on-camera PR spokesperson, consumer advocate, and multimedia finance content creator. So if your business or the company you work for has an upcoming campaign, reach out. I'd love to discuss working with you on future projects. Here on Money Girl, my mission is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to subscribe or leave a five-star rating or review so we know you're getting value from this free content. And speaking of reviews, I want to quickly thank a listener who recently left this review. It comes from Kay Beadle, who says, longtime listener still, Laura is great. I've learned so much from her over the years. Constantly refer back to her podcast when I need them and share them with friends. Check out all the available episodes. There's probably one you're looking for. Wow, thank you so much, Kay Beadle. I really appreciate your kind words and love that you're a longtime listener. I'm honored to have you in the community after all this time. I love getting your feedback and money questions. And lately, I've received many questions about renting versus buying a home. As mortgage interest rates, home prices, and rents have increased, making the right housing decision has never been more essential for your financial well-being. So I want to point out a couple of recent real estate-related podcasts that you shouldn't miss if this topic is of interest. I did How to Decide If You Should Rent or Buy a Home. That's episode number 750. And Seven Ways Buying a Home Cuts Taxes and Improves Your Finances is episode 746. In today's show, I'm going to cover some tricks you can use to lower your interest rate on a new mortgage or a refinance. They're called discount points or mortgage points. So whether you're already a homeowner or you are considering buying a home soon or one day, stay with me. You'll learn what discount points are and how to use them to lock in a lower interest rate and save some serious cash over time. So what are mortgage discount points? Well, when you start shopping and comparing mortgages, what you're going to find are rates with and without points. Those discount points, they represent an upfront fee you can pay at closing 
in exchange for getting a reduced interest rate. So purchasing one or more points means you prepay interest in order to get lower monthly payments over the life of your loan. The idea is that if you have the mortgage long enough, the money you save on interest should exceed the upfront cost of points. So what do they cost? Well, one discount point costs 1% of the mortgage amount. For example, if you're shopping for a $300,000 mortgage, one point costs $3,000. And you can buy fractions of points as well. If you were to pay 1.5 points, that would be $4,500, and two points would be $6,000. While the per-point interest discount you receive can vary by lender, it's typically a 0.25% reduction. For example, if you're considering that $300,000 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 6.5%, paying one point would knock the rate down to 6.25%. And instead of paying about $1,900 per month at the 6.5% rate, paying one point would give you a lower payment of about $1,800 per month at the lower 6.25% rate. And over the life of the loan, you would save about $17,000 in interest. If you bought two points with an upfront payment of $6,000, your rate would come down another quarter of a point down to 6%, and you would save about $35,000 in interest over the entire loan term. Note that most home buyers who opt for points buy between one and three, and most lenders do put a cap on the number of points you can buy. So whether to buy points or not certainly starts with whether you can afford them. Buying a home already comes with lots of closing costs, and many buyers just don't have enough savings to cover more upfront expenses. However, let's assume that you can afford it. As I mentioned, paying a few thousand dollars for points could save you tens of thousands over the long run. But the key is understanding your break-even point, or when you go from being in the red to saving money. And I'll talk more about breaking even in a moment. But I also want to talk about some other benefits of points. You know, in addition to paying less interest and having lower monthly payments, points typically qualify as tax-deductible mortgage interest. However, that is a benefit that's only available if you itemize deductions on your tax return using Schedule A. Homeowners can deduct a certain amount of mortgage interest, including prepaid mortgage points, to reduce their tax liability. The IRS specifies that separate lender fees are not the same as mortgage interest. So buying points to reduce something like your lender's origination fee does not count as a tax-deductible expense. Those upfront costs need to be prepaid mortgage in in order for them to be tax-deductible. All right, let's talk about some of the downsides. There are certainly a lot of upsides to buying points, but you got to understand the downsides. As I mentioned, a common challenge is being short on savings and just unable to afford them in the first place. Our current environments, high home prices and interest rates can stretch budgets even for minimum closing costs without points. 
So buying points is certainly not wise if you don't have extra funds to maintain a healthy cash reserve. You don't want to plow all of your cash into a home and then move in and have zero savings left in the bank. Plus, don't forget that your monthly payment includes more than just the principal and interest. You've also got to pay property taxes and homeowners insurance and, of course, ongoing maintenance as well. So be sure you clearly understand how much home you can afford before committing to a mortgage. Another con for points could be not breaking even, which is when your interest savings exceeds what you paid for points. Let's go back to my previous example where you're shopping a $300,000 30-year fixed rate mortgage at 6.5%. Your monthly payment would be $1,900. But if you bought one point for $3,000, you would discount that rate down to 6.25% and you would reduce your payment to about $1,800 a month, saving $100 per month. So to break even, you would need to make payments for 30 months or three and a half years. Here's the math. You take the cost of the points, which is $3,000, and divide it by your monthly savings. So $3,000 divided by $100 of savings equals 30 months. So if you sold the property before owning it for 30 months, you're going to lose money buying points. So if you're unsure how long you would stay in your home, buying points may not help you. Another potential downside is buying points right before interest rates go down. That's because you could refinance your mortgage for a lower rate if you have enough equity and skip paying points. However, refinancing a mortgage comes with costs too. Depending on your mortgage type, income, credit, and lender, those closing costs could range anywhere from 2 up to 6% of your loan balance. When you're thinking about these different decisions, it's important to be aware that every financial move comes with an opportunity cost for doing something else with your money. For instance, Paying $6,000 on points could save $35,000 on mortgage interest. But what if you invested $6,000 for 30 years with an average 8% return? That would allow you to earn $60,000, much more than your interest savings for paying points. So you really have to consider what are the best ways that I can use my extra cash and how am I realistically going to use that cash? The bottom line is that points can certainly save money over the life of a mortgage, but they're not for every home buyer. Buying discount points does not make sense if you don't know if you're going to own the home beyond the break-even point. It may not make sense if you think interest rates are about to drop really soon. And it doesn't make sense if you plan to pay off your mortgage ahead of schedule. Remember, a lot of the savings that are calculated, they're based on, you know, the entire term of the mortgage. So keeping your mortgage uh, the full length in order to get that savings. So if you pay off the mortgage ahead of schedule, you may not, uh, you you know, you're not going to save as much. And points may not make sense if you believe you could earn more money by investing that extra cash instead. And of course, it doesn't make sense if you just don't have ample savings and you would not be left with a healthy emergency fund. Now, I want to offer one solution for buying points 
even if you can't afford them. And that is to negotiate with a seller to pay them. For instance, you could make a purchase offer on a home asking for a lump sum payment from the seller at closing to cover some or all of your points. Sometimes getting a seller to pay points could save more than offering them a lower purchase price. But lenders do have rules about who can pay points and how much, so you want to discuss it with them first. If they give you the green light, let your real estate agent know how much you would need a seller to chip in in order to make a deal work, in order for it to be affordable for you. Getting a mortgage is a very big financial decision, so you should not miss the opportunity to use points when it's wise for your situation. And I want you to remember that just about everything in real estate is negotiable. So be willing to make creative win-win offers that could save you serious money over time. Before we go, I want to invite you to connect with me on Twitter at Laura Adams or Instagram, which is at Laura D. Adams. And lauradadams.com is my personal site where you can use my contact page and learn more about my work books, and money courses. As always, you can leave a comment or a money question by calling 302-364-0308 or, again, email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.